How you're welcome to be seated this morning. And if you're watching us by uh, Facebook, YouTube, whatever means, church online, different platforms, I want to encourage you this morning, take a moment and just share. If you're uh, also watching us, you can at any given time this morning pr- uh, call that prayer line. And there's people on the other side that are ready to pray for you. Uh, we want nobody to be alone. Amen. I want to speak to you this morning about redeem the dream. And uh, the Word of the Lord came to me on Friday night. And I, I wanted to speak to you about the jealousy of God. Um, but the Lord changed that sermon completely and or what He wanted to speak to you about. And the Lord said to me, no, today I'm going to redeem the dream. I want to redeem the dream on my people's lives. I want to redeem the purpose. I want to redeem the call. I want to redeem that that I've called them forth. And so I entitled, I titled my message this morning, uh, Redeem the Dream, and because that's literally what he said. And I want us to understand that as you're seated here this morning, every single one of you have a dream inside of you. Every single one of you this morning have a purpose inside of you. There is a dream inside of you and it is very simple and we have to understand it like this. Nobody that is in this church this morning, when there are small dreams one day to become a, a bum or dreams one day to become homeless or dreams one day not to be successful. We have to define that every single person that is in here this morning, they have a dream, right? All of us have a dream. And I want you to know this morning that the dream that you have, the reason why you are dreaming is because there's a God that you serve. If you don't have a dream, something is wrong. If you don't have a purpose, there's something that is amiss. And so it is natural, I want to say, it is natural for the people of God to dream big. It is unnatural if the world is dreaming bigger than what the church is dreaming. I want you to know that you serve a God that has a worldly mandate. If you ever wanted to know what's God's mandate, God's mandate is He wants the world. For God so loved the world, He gave His Son. Are you there? We serve a God that has a worldly mandate. In other words, He has a mandate to change the world. And often I I want you to understand, I want you to say, I want us just to note this this morning that God can invade this planet by His angels and He can take it over completely. Are you there? He is powerful enough, He's strong enough, He can invade this whole planet by His angels. However, He does not. He rather chooses to invade the planet through the hearts of His people that dream and that has a mindset according to His mind. That's why you have the mind of Christ, by the way. So God rather chooses to invade the earth through a group of people called the church and He makes His people dream for the world. And as we dream, God can invade this world or the places of influences that we have. He can invade it through our lives. But we have to dream. Come on guys, is there anybody here with me? And I want you to understand that Satan is the one that often works through people and sometimes it's even our own voices that steals or robs the dream, robs the potential, robs the purpose away from us. Come on. And so as you are seated here this morning, please note that you are not here by mistake. You are here by a design and you are here by a heaven's thought. You are heaven's thought for an earthly intervention. May I say that again? 
You are not just here stealing oxygen. No, you are here because you are heaven's thought for an answer that the earth has. You have an answer inside of you. You have a solution inside of you. You have a purpose inside of you. And God's heart is to get that dream out of you so that you can think like God and start to take over the world. Oh, come on, are you there? I rejoice in full churches. I rejoice more in changed communities. May I say, we cannot just dream for big churches. We cannot just dream for big uh, influence in, in the size of, you know, it's wonderful to see the church full. It's awesome to see it, but I would want to see when I leave this church, my community needs to look like me. Oh no, that's pathetic, guys. Come on. If the community doesn't change because we are here, something is wrong. We have to shift the communities. Come on, light shines best in the darkness. If the darkness outshines the power that is inside of you, something is wrong. Oh, Genesis chapter number 37. I'm passionate about this because when the word of the Lord comes to me as a prophet, it shifts me um, into His destiny. The Genesis chapter number 37, verse number 5. I want you uh, to go there with me. Please open up your Bibles. Genesis chapter number 37, verse number 5 says this. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers. And they hated him even more. How's that? Verse number six. So he said to them, Please hear the dream which I have dreamt. They were, there we were binding sheaves in the field. And behold, my sheave arose and also stood upright. And indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheave. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So he hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Okay, verse number nine. Then he dreamed still another dream. And he told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars bow down to me. But I want you to see, I want to go up all the way uh, back to uh, verse number 6. So he said to them, please hear this dream. He tells them the dream. And the Bible says they hated him even more. I want you to note here, if your dream is not met with opposition, it is not from God. When your dream is met with opposition, it is proof to you that it's been validated by heaven. Oh, can I say that again? For you to have opposition in this side of life is for you proof that you have been sent by God as an answer and as a solution to the earth. Oh no, I don't know if I have the right people here. Listen, God wants you to think like He thinks. We have to think bigger. Most people think for their belly. It's too small. God can't answer that. God can't answer dreams that only you are successful in. Say it again. God cannot answer dreams that only has you successful in. Because He's not dreaming about you. He's dreaming about the world through you. I'll say that again. If you are the midpoint of your dream that you believe is from the Lord, I'm telling you it's not from the Lord. But if your dream is for you to be a vessel that God can work through, that dream is from the Lord. But again, I want you to see here, the Bible makes it clear that Joseph has a dream. 
And for this dream to be validated, it has to find opposition. God has got an interesting way of doing things. And I, I, I want you to see something here. Psalm 105 says the following. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. Please note, Joseph receives a coat of favor from his father. Are you there? The coat of favor. And for favor, he gets sold into Egypt. And the people selling Joseph into Egypt think that they are getting rid of Joseph. But what they are doing, they are repositioning Joseph to fulfill the dream. They don't know they're part of God's plan because even the enemies works together according to His purpose. Many are the plans of a man's heart, but the purpose of the Lord prevails. May I say that again? The brothers were thinking Egypt is coming. God was thinking setup is coming. The brothers were thinking we're getting rid of him. God was thinking they're repositioning him. And Psalm 105 says this, and he sent before them Joseph who was sold as a slave. Interesting. He was sold as a slave, but he became a prince. Because your temporary circumstance is never your final destination. Okay, I'll pre you can put that on Facebook. They heard his feet of fetters. He was laid in irons. Listen to this, verse number 19. I'm going to give you a revelation. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. I want you to see it until the time that His Word. If you read it, it will seem like God's Word. It's not what the Scripture is saying. That Word, His Word is a, is a small age. That means Joseph spoke his dream. And for God to test the dream, God needed to take Joseph through certain circumstances until God's Word proven him to be true. In other words, we have to note that the journeys that we go through is the vessels that God uses to shape the character to contain the supernatural. The seasons we go through is nothing but serving the purpose of shaping the character that can carry the future. If God do not shape our character, we will mess up our future with immature choices. It's true. Because, let me say it like this, let me throw this at, at you. Finances or money is nothing but an amplifier. And anybody that's got finances here will know what I'm saying is true. If you were mean before finances, you'll be meaner after finances. If you were shrewd before finances, you'll become shrewder after finances. If you were a thief and a thug and a liar, all of that all, money will just amplify all of that for you. But if you were kind before and you get, you'll become more compassionate. If you were a servant, you'll become more serving to the purposes of God. If you were humble, you'll, you'll carry greater humility because money amplifies everything. Come on, it's true. That's why Jesus said you can serve mammon or you must serve God. God never said that money is evil. He said the love thereof is evil. Come on, church. Are you okay? 
You can say, why am I talking about this? Because I want you to understand that money follows value. It follows purpose. Most Christians are chasing finances. I'm telling you, reverse the, the osmosis process and understand money chases value. If you become a person of value, finances will find you. Ah, come on. You, as you sit here, if you ever want to know your value, look what purchased you. If you want to know the price of your value in God's kingdom, look what purchased you. The sun purchased you. That determines your worth. Oh. And so the Bible says the word of the Lord tested him. And so why did God test him? Because Joseph spoke. Joseph said, this is the word of the Lord. This is the dream of God. He made his dream known. And so God said, okay, now that you've made the dream known, I can activate the process. The process is never a straight line. It is, it looks like a pit, then it looks like a prison, then it looks like Potiphar's house, and then you're gonna interpret other people's dreams. In other words, you have to protect your heart all the way. And then only if you succeed in all of the above, you can be fit for the palace. It shows us you serve a God that is interested in you. Come on, I'm preaching way better than what you're responding. In verse number 23 in, in Psalm 105, the Bible says this, Israel also came into Egypt. Listen to God. Oh, this is like, the, I like the Lord because the way He does stuff is completely different. And Jacob dwelt in the land of Ham. And listen to this, verse number 24. He increased His people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. Verse 25. Then He turned the heart of the enemies to hate His people, to deal craftily with His servants. In other words, God <laughs> takes His people, He makes them great. Save me great. He increases them. They become more than the people of Egypt. They become stronger and more valiant. Then God changes the hearts of the Egyptians to hate His people. Why will God do such a thing? Why will God increase and then bring opposition? Can I tell you why? Because God wants greatness to come out of you. And for God's method to get greatness out of you is opposition against what He placed in you. So He will first increase you on the inside and then He will bring you opposition. Because opposition means dependency. If you have opposition, it means you are dependent. If you are dependent, it means you can activate the supernatural. God will put greatness inside of you and then He'll bring, then he'll bring opposition against you to activate the greatness that is inside of you. And that that we inter interpret as opposition is a call of God to promote you, to go to a higher dimension, to go to a higher plane of living. Oh, let me get excited here. Your enemies are proof to you that God is about to promote you through the character of His Son, Jesus the Christ. But you have to celebrate your enemies. That's why the Bible says, love your enemies. Because they serve a purpose. 
Come on, it's good. And the Lord said to me, tell my people I want to redeem their dreams. Tell my people I want to redeem their dreams. You see what happens? Many of us go through circumstances in life and and because we go through circumstances in life, we start to distrust people. And by distrusting people, we start to sell off components of our hearts and we live well, but we live secretly. It's true what I'm saying. But you have to understand that God made you for community. God never made you for isolation. Let me say that again. Anything that isolates you is not from God. And I'm not saying be unwise. I understand privacy and all of that. I'm saying to you today that as you activate the dream, the first thing that Satan will do to start to lead you away from your dream is he'll isolate you. Isolation, desolation. He is excluding you to remove you. It's how he operates. It's very clever. And so the, the Lord came to me and He said this. He said, tell my people, Ephesians 5, chapter 5, verse number 16, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time. The word redeeming, the, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The word redeem means to purchase it back. It shows to me that there's something in the nature of God that even though you've wasted time, God can buy it back. Even though you've become old and you've maybe have missed some of the things you should have done when you were younger, God can redeem time for you. Why can He redeem time? Now, I don't know why there's not more people celebrating God here, but if God can redeem time, why can God redeem time? Well, He's the only one that can because He made it. He made it as a measuring tool because time is the only thing that you will not get back. If you've become 41 like me, I understand I look 30, but if you, if you become 41 like me, I will never see 38 again. But I've made up my mind that I must live my days out better than what I've started with the Lord and so must you because the Lord's thoughts are good thoughts towards you, thoughts to prosper you, not thoughts to harm you. I believe that we must live a life that becomes so close to the Lord that one day in my future, God can just say, my home is closer than your home, let's go to mine. I don't need a heart attack to take me home. I don't need high blood pressure to take me home. I don't need McDonald's to cooperate to take me home. I can finish the assignment. I can finish the purpose. I can finish God's goal for why I'm on the earth. And then I can simply walk with the Lord and He can say to His son, my home is closer than yours. Let's go to mine. Listen, I'm not planning to, to exit any other way. Neither should you because we have a covenant with this God that we serve. It is the covenant of Abram, Isaac, Jacob. It is the covenant that stands for now and forever. Come on, are you there? That hamburger can't take you out. Purpose 
is what you are here for. And when you are done, go home. No, I refuse. I refuse. It might have run in my family, but it stopped with me. I'm very serious about that. <laughs> they, they say, they say, it runs in my family. And the doctor says, no, the problem is nobody runs in your family. Don't be like that. Don't let the hamburger take you out. Serve the purpose of the Lord. Jesus modeled an example for us because the Bible says He gave up the ghost. The word gave up the ghost, that means to expire. In other words, He fulfilled His task and He said, it's, it's done. It's finished. I'm coming home. It is an example for us to live by. I understand we live in an evil world. I understand the consequences of sin. But if death is the Savior, then death is stronger than Jesus. Let me say it again. If the only thing that can remove me from the presence of sin is death, then death is stronger than Jesus. Question, can we live a life sin-free? People will say, I don't know, I think only death can separate me from sin. If that is true, I want to quote someone. If death is the only thing that can remove the power of sin, then death is stronger than Jesus. Jesus took out the power of sin. The influence of sin is our choice. I choose what I'm influenced by. Let me say it like this. Lust is nothing but misdirected passion. Greed is nothing but misunderstood zeal. It's true. Listen to what the Bible says. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Please see that Satan has a day. He doesn't have a life. Okay. Ephesians 6.13 says this. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. I want you to please see that the devil does not have a season. He attacks in a day. Your job is to resist him in the day. God's mercies are new every morning. And Jesus said, be concerned about this day. Most people are concerned about the next day and you shouldn't be because Jesus is in this day. Oh let, me, let me throw this out. Everything connected to God is a season. In other words, currently we are in, we are in, in winter season and I, and I can see it the way you are dressed, of course. Nobody is sitting here with a t-shirt. If you are, we should pray for you. The, the season serves a purpose, right? 
Summer sea serves the purpose of rain in Pretoria. So every season has a purpose. If we don't understand that it has a, uh, the, 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 it has a purpose, it becomes unnatural. In other words, let me use an example. If, if, if the summer never brings rain, it is unnatural. We must ask the question, why? Where's the rain? Are you there? Normally, just think of me, normally when there's no rain around us in, a, in summer, people question and they say something's wrong. Are you, are you there? Now think into the spiritual. Why is it that certain of us stay stuck in seasons for years and think it's okay? I'm here to tell you it is not okay to stay stuck or dormant. You have to move of God. Because God is no longer at the tent of meeting like of Moses. He has left the, the meeting place and He's already on His way to the promised land. The reason why God took Moses away from the Egyptians, uh, from the Israelites, is because if He left them there, they would have camped right there. But unfortunately, and the reason why I'm saying this, is because many Christians have camped by their circumstances. You cannot camp by your circumstances because God does not discipline. Please listen to me now very carefully. God does not discipline His children through circumstances. I'll say it again. God does not discipline His children by circumstances. He disciplines His children by His voice. Because as Jonah fell into the sea, the whale that came was a carrier or a messenger for Jonah to be obedient to the voice of God. Come on guys, are you okay? While Jonah was in the belly of the whale, he could not right there create a new theology and say the theology of the whale or the doctrine of why I'm in the belly of the whale. No, Jonah, you were disobedient. So now God wants to, He wants to help you. He's so kind. God wants to help you in all the disobedience. So I'm going to take you right to Nineveh and I'm going to spit you out there. So if you are confused at all, Jonah, I'm taking you right to the destination. Are you there? The whale was there to carry, to carry Jonah to the destination that God wanted him. Are you, are you guys okay? God disciplines His people by His voice because my sheep are led by circumstances. No, my sheep are led by my voice. Come on church. But it does not mean that circumstances do not have a voice. And that seasons do not have a voice. And that incidents do not have a voice. But we can choose which voice we're going to live by. Come on, is there anybody with me? You have the opportunity to serve His voice. Because if you don't serve His voice, and this is what I want you to understand this morning. I want you to understand that every single one of you here are designed with an appetite of greatness. Oh no, I think I'm in the wrong church. Everybody here are designed with an appetite for greatness. Why are you designed with an appetite for greatness? Because you serve a massive God. It will be insulting for a massive God to have a small mindset. 
He is massive in his thinking. He is massive in his operations. He is massive in his mindset. And therefore, he places greatness in his children to prove where you are from. If you are made in the image and the likeness of God, you cannot have a small thought about yourself. You must have a thought of greatness inside of you. It shows where you come from. Oh. But God does not teach us through the circumstance. He uses the circumstance. Come on. Are you there? And what often happens, and I'll, I'll rush through with this, Religion kills the appetite for greatness. Religion, and we have got a problem in South Africa, unfortunately, with this, because we don't allow other people to be more successful than us. Hey, there's enough favor for everybody. Chill. Are you guys okay? The point that I'm saying, religion kills off greatness. Religion loves mediocrity. And unfortunately, we've been taught, and myself as well, is that you serve a God that meets just your needs. It's not true. You don't serve a God that just meets your needs. Because if you serve a God that just meets your needs and God just gives you three meals a day and a bed at night and a roof over your head, then you are not serving God, you are in an orphanage. You are not in a house. If I give you three meals a day and a house over your head and you are grateful about that, it proves to you you are an orphan. Because orphans do that. Fathers think differently. Fathers line up their children for greatness. There's no father that sits here that has a child that thinks, oh, my responsibility is just to give them food. If you are, you're a bad father. A good father thinks, how can I take the dream that's inside of this child and get that out of them? A good father says, I want to pay for your university. I want to pay for the future. Oh, no. Listen. My, I want to have the best for my children. My children must be great. Because their success is my honor. Church, we have a bad theology. I'm telling you this morning, God does not just want to fulfill your needs. He wants to fulfill your wants. He wants you to dream right. And what Jesus does, Jesus never stops the dream. He redirects the dream. Okay, let me use an example. Jesus, Jesus says this statement. Jesus says, whatever you ask, it will be given to you. Right? He says, whatever you ask, it will be given to you. While he says that, James and John, sons of thunder, think, ah, it's a brilliant opportunity. In that same setting that Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. They ask, they say, Lord, bring fire from heaven. And consume all of these people in the name of the Lord. Right? God cannot answer that prayer. Because it breaks His nature. However, the same disciples. 
hey, these boys, I think they, they gave Jesus a hard time. They said, Lord, when you come into your kingdom one day, please note again, Jesus doesn't stop dreams. He redirects them. Or let me reword myself. Jesus doesn't stop dreams. He redeems them. He gives them, he gives them redemption purpose. Please note that again. Jesus does not stop dreams. He gives them redemptive purpose. So these same boys, they come to him, they say, Lord, we want to have a throne on your right and on your left. Jesus says, uh, it is not my place to assign to you who's going to sit on my right and on my left. This has been given to the Father. Then he takes a child and he puts it in the midst of them. And he says, whoever wants to be great must become like a child. Please note, he does not say you may not be great. He says, whoever wants to be great must become like a child. In other words, he channels the passion of greatness through the model of children-likeness or childlikeness. What is the model of childlikeness? Dependency. A child is dependent. Jesus says, as long as you stay dependent upon me, I will channel greatness through you. But as soon as you think it's about you and you cut yourself off from me, the source, and you make yourself your king and you let pride into your heart, then I'm going to bring the fall to you. Because I want to remind you that the model of the kingdom is to be childlike. I want to remind you that the model of the kingdom is to go low so that you can go high. The model of the world is upside down. The model of the world tells you you must go high to bring everybody low. I'm telling you, the model of the kingdom is you can go low. Therefore, you can go high with God. It is not about being great. It's understanding the model of the kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. Oh no, give Jesus some praise there. Unless, listen, unless we dream for the world, we are frustrating God. I'll say it again. Unless you dream for the world, you're frustrating the Lord. Because if you are dreaming about God, let me still reword myself. God dreams for impact. He dreams for influence. Are you there? And if your needs are met through that, so be it. God couldn't care. However, unless we dream for the world, unless we dream for the world, we are dreaming for the wrong thing. Help me, Spirit of God. I want you to understand that often why Christians don't dream anymore is because somewhere along the line, the dream thief came in. And that thief started to lie and started to tell them they can't do it. Somewhere along the line, the dream thief came, the dream thief came in. And you got hurt or you got wounded. And now you're blaming this one, you're blaming the church, and you have a pointing finger, and you're wanting everybody to, to you're blaming everything but taking responsibility. May I be as bold to say this morning that nobody controls your heart but you. 
You are the bishop of your own heart. It's true. Don't say it's this one's fault and that one's fault. No, take responsibility. Because if you don't take responsibility, you are deferring authority. You are giving something else authority over your life. Take responsibility for yourself. Walk humbly before your Lord and love people. It's right what I'm saying. But we've, we train people that God, we serve a God. And this is the problem. We, we train people, no, God just serves your needs. And the problem is the world out there are dreaming big. The world out there are finding the solution for energy right now as we talk. I want to redeem us this morning and say, may the children of God dream how to solve the problems. Oh, no, I want to say that again. May the children of God dream how we're going to solve the problems. Because if you can solve the problems that the same world has outside of this building, you're going to take the money of this world and we can take that money and we can build the kingdom. But if you're just dreaming about you, it's selfish. Come on, guys. Can we please be dream like Joseph dreamt? I want to go just one place. In Joseph's life, the only thing that could take him out was what was not under his management. What was not under Joseph's management? Potiphar's wife. Be careful of the Potiphar's wives in your life. And that's not a warning for women, by the way. All of you here, you have a weakness. Be careful of your Potiphar. He can take out your tomorrow. At least Joseph was clever. He ran. Didn't run with clothes on, but he ran nonetheless. So when you run, just take your clothes. The Old Testament, let me say it like this. The Old Testament is God showing us what He can do. He can open up the Red Sea. He can take dust, He can turn them into mites. He can take 3.5 million people called the Jews, He can take them through the desert, through the Red Sea. He can make a, take a prophet and make him run faster than a chariot. He can bring a, a, a cloud as big as a man's fist and he can suddenly bring rain. Old Testament is what God can do without us. New Testament is God inside of us. Showing us what He can do through a man. I'm telling you to this morning, God wants to redeem that dream that is inside of you. And He wants to do it through a man. He wants you, and I don't know if this morning, and I pray it is to be so. I pray that this morning in this church sits the next Jeremiah, Hezekiah, the next Enoch, the next Abraham, the next Moses. I pray, I provoke that in this church that there is a higher dimension of thinking coming to you right now, that you may say, I'm the one that God can use. I'm the one that God can trust. I'm the one that represents myself before the Lord. I am the next John. I am the next Peter. I am the next James. Why do we need Elon Musk? Why can't a Christian do it? But we've been trained. 
Oh, he just looks after your needs. No. He wants your wants. It's like, he wants your wants. Like Jocelyn, she comes. She's like, hey dad, check this. I'm like, that's nice. She says, she can't read yet properly. She's like, how much? My, my girl, that's about 259 or whatever it was. She's like, oh, that's, that, that's okay. So then what about this one? I'm like, uh, that's about 199. So she's, and together? I said, oh, it's about 458. She's like, oh, that's not too bad. She's got no thinking. Because she knows the one that she's coming to. I'm in love with her. So she's just like, hey dad, can I, can I sit a bit here? Can I sit with you? I'm like, sure. And she comes sits. So it doesn't sit very long. And then comes the phone. Hey dad, just check here. My older two girls were better at it. They're a bit older. They would compliment me first. <laughs> Say you're awesome. You're amazing. You know that, Dad. If we remind God who He is, all things become accessible. But if you are not thankful, that's why before Jesus broke the bread, He gave thanks. That's why before He called out Lazarus out of the tomb, He gave thanks. Thanksgiving is the predecessor for the supernatural. <laughs> Let me say it like this, I'll end with this. God will not answer a prayer that violates His nature. God will not answer a prayer that weakens your identity in Christ. And God will not answer a prayer that violates His purpose. And the last thing I want to say to you this morning, we have to provoke the greatness that is inside of you. Because every single one that sits here, and if, unless you believe this, you're going to go a miss of your life. Unless you believe you have been born for purpose, you're going to live your life of things. I want to say to you this morning, you are better than that. I'm not the expert, I, I, I'm still learning, but what I can tell you is things don't follow people that don't have value. If you have value, things will follow you. And now we know, according to the word of the Lord, we have value. And lastly, I'll close with this. And this is, a, this is a spirit I want to deal with just quickly. We seriously need to get rid of the pharisaical spirit. The pharisaical spirit doesn't allow our brother and our sister to dream differently than us. And we want it done in a certain way. And it's really nothing but an old wine skin. The Pharisees and the sad to see people 
were sad to see because they could not see that this young man carried the message of the father they couldn't get it through their heads and so they missed Jesus because they loved their own tradition more than what they loved the Messiah may we not be as foolish may we say from this day God redeem the dream I'll tell you a story it's true in my true and I'll tell you it's a testimony because it's true I had a teacher great uh, standard 8 9 what's that great 10 and 10 and 11 she said to me she said you know what you stupid she just said it like that I don't know how your teachers were but mine some of mine were mean she said you stupid you will never write anything she said she said you will not be able to speak in front of anybody because you you struggle okay and so I took that because you know it comes from an authoritative position seems to be true wasn't doing well couldn't speak couldn't really write properly at that stage loved sports more than what I loved books guilty but still did well by the way just want to put that in <laughs> I'm redeeming myself so I'm counseling myself from on this stage then in 2006, I wrote my first book. I said to the Lord, Lord, who must edit this book? The Lord said, I have somebody in mind. Let's send it to the teacher. So I sent my book to Beyond Satan's Reach. I sent it to this teacher. I said, will you edit my book? She says, ah, oh, chapter one, maybe. I said, that's fine, just do chapter one. Uh, she did chapter one. She emailed me back. Can I have chapter two, please? I said, sure, there's chapter two. She said, chapter three, please. I said, sure. Chapter four, chapter five. Chapter six, she phones me. She says, I don't know this Jesus that you're talking about. I've never heard it like you speak about it. I don't know him. I am realizing I grew up in church, but I grew never closer to this God that, that you're talking about. Can you please lead him to me? And I was thinking, ah, oh, you devil, you. Because inside, it's not the, so much a virtuous thought. It was like, yeah, you deserve hell, really. But, but because you're Christian, you can't say that. So you say, come. And I led it to the Lord. What am I saying to you? I'm saying to you, voices are wrong. <laughs> and there are many people here this morning, you've lived your life either by the voice of your divorce or the voice of the spouse that left you or the voice of business partner walking out on you or the voice of a father turning his back on you. And I'm telling you in this day, there's a father that is in heaven that will not walk out on you that will say to you, you are great and you can do it and you can do it again and you can do it one more time. He's the God that is with you today and forevermore. It doesn't matter who left you. God is still with you. Oh, give Jesus a mighty roar of praise.
Oh, come on. I'm, let the Holy Spirit tell you that there's a God that is with you. And He will, he will not walk out. People might have left, but they left because they were not part of the next season. Let them leave. But you don't live your life according to the back of people that left. You turn, you live your life. Hallelujah, you live your life according to the one whose beard was plucked out so that you may enjoy His face. I'm here to tell you finally, listen, God wants to heal many people that are here this morning because you've listened according to the past. I'm telling you, you are not that business deal. You are not that divorce. You are not that bad relationship. God wants to redeem the dream that is inside of you. You have not been labeled by the devil. You've been named by a God that is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Come on, give Jesus a mighty roar of praise. Come on, give Jesus some praise. You know why I'm saying what I'm saying? I'm saying it too now. You know why I'm saying to you what I'm saying? Because I lived it. I lived it. My own life came a day. Mom dead. Dad dead. Not here. And the enemy's voice came. You're an orphan. And I took the voice because it seems legitimate. And then the father spoke. Says no. Death did not win here. Death never wins. And I'm a father to the fatherless. Why am I saying to you? What I'm saying to you? Because you must follow a leader that has lived life, that has gone through things himself, and that found the Lord again, and that can find Him in different seasons of their life. As you sit here this morning, that dream is still inside of you. You can say, I'm 60. God couldn't care. That dream is still here. You are still here. The oxygen is still here. You are still alive. You can say, but I'm 70. Doesn't care. God helped Abraham. He helped Caleb. What is going to be different about you? Do you think He loves Abraham more than what He loves you? It is contrary to what the Bible says. The Bible says God is not a respecter of people. He loves everybody equally. Oh, come on, shout hallelujah. So what I've been saying the whole time, redeem the dream. Redeem the dream. And God's going to help you. God's so awesome. He sends people to you. It's true. And He sends people to you that will help you. Say, come. Come, let's, let's do it again. Come, no, no, we can do it. I'm with you, come. Because for the Susies and this whatever that left, God has got many other replacements. You just stay faithful.
Love the Lord. Be like a child. Trust that He can do anything. You know what you can do this morning? I'm going to pray for you right now. You can start to live your life according to His plans. Because many are the plans of a man's heart. Tell the Lord today, Lord, I'm bringing my dream to you. Here it is. Trust God. He's a good CEO. He has run the universe. Wow. I don't know why Christians don't want God to be the chief, the chief executive operational officer in their business. He has run the universe. Don't you think he knows something about management? Jesus is so much in control. He left his organization and still growing. Come on. He knows what he's talking about. I'm going to pray for you now. The word of the Lord stirs faith in your heart. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of the Lord. What we need to get you back is into the dream. We need you back there where you believe again. We need to get you back there where you believe that all things are possible. We need to get you back there at that place that you were just before you finished school or when you were in school. You have to come back to that dream. And wherever you lost it today, we're going to trust the Holy Spirit. You're going to find that again. And you're going to live according to that again. And some of you, you've done well. You've learned through life. I, I want to just say this again. Success in Jesus is never a straight line. It looks like a pit. Then it looks like a prison cell. Then it looks like rejection. It looks like betrayal. Then it looks like being tested. Then you're getting qualified to go to the palace. And even there, Joseph is still tested. Because how will he now operate with his brothers? He's now on top. He can do anything. And the Bible says, Joseph was gracious. He forgave. Why? Because another Joseph will come that can hold the whole world ransom. But he doesn't. He says, the Son of Man has come not to retain sins, but to forgive them. Yes, Lastly, I want to say this. Guys, let people go. Don't let people stay rent-free in your, in your mind. No, let them go. Don't let people stay. If they've left, it was their choice. Let them go. Save me. Let them go. And trust God. Come on, give Jesus some praise. So this morning I want to pray for you. If you are here and you say, that's me. The dream has to be revived. I want you to stand. Jesus had 12 people. <laughs> the world is still different. 
Look how many people we have. We can change the community, man. We can change South Africa if we all believe together. Won't you lift your hands to God? Father, I want to pray this morning in the precious, powerful name of Jesus. I want to thank you, Lord, that in this morning right now, Lord, that I can trust you with all of my heart. Lord, I want to, I want to speak over all of my people this morning that inside of them, the dream and the purpose will get revived in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that whatever stole the dream, whatever kept the dream silent, whatever wanted to speak into their lives and be a place of dormancy, whatever was there, Lord, that has spoken to people in this morning, in this day, Lord, we break that voice in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, I want to pray this morning, Lord, revive the dreams, revive the purpose, revive the assignment that you've given to your people. Father, in this morning and this day, I want to trust you. Lord, as I look at your people, Lord, that dreams will come back to life. Father, I call forth the sons and daughters that there are. I call forth the gifts. I call forth the healing, the miracles, the signs, the wonders. I call forth the, the Abrahams. I call forth the Moseses. I call forth, Lord, the greatness inside of them. I call forth the businesses that is inside of them. Lord, we call forth the future that is inside of them. Lord, in this morning, we call forth the supernatural that is inside of them. The many schools that need to be run by them. The buildings that must be built by them. The hospitals that must be built by them the schools that must be built by them. Father, in this morning, we call that out of them in Jesus' name. And we're not going to do this by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. And this morning, my Father, I want to ask, give them creative power, creative thought, right there where they are in Jesus' mighty name, that from this moment, they will think anew and afresh, supernaturally natural, from this moment in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we contradict this morning and I break off every satanic voice that said it cannot be done. And in this day, we speak over your people. It shall be done. Not by might, but by the Spirit that dwells inside of you. In Jesus' name. Father, I want to pray this morning. Come and breathe upon dreams. Come and breathe upon dreams. Supernaturally in this day. In Jesus' name. But this is the day that it changes. This is the day that it shifts. Supernaturally for your people. In Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's people say, Amen. Come on, give Jesus a praise offering. Come on, just give Him just wow, 10 seconds of praise. I know we are a lot of people, so I can't minister individually, but I, I want to, there's just a call out that I want to call out this morning. Are people here this morning? It seemed, no, there are people here this morning, you have given up on the prophetic words of your life. And I feel the Holy Spirit says to me, don't, don't. If that's you, won't you just slip up a hand quickly? Okay. Thank you. Father, thank you that right now we can breathe upon these prophetic words again in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I want to speak out over these prophetic words. They shall not return unto the Lord void, Isaiah 55, 11, but they shall perform that that you've sent it forth to do in Jesus' name. It shall come to pass. Lord, we throw off the yokes in this morning in Jesus' name. 
Amen and amen. Come on, say amen again. I want us just to be seated for one second. I, I want to show you this morning, just for, in a moment. I want to say again, the, the church has to dream for the world. It is our assignment. And maybe while, while I'm, I'm saying that this morning, you know, the first thing we dreamt about was to build a school. That was our first, our first dream, this church. Because we we're not just dreaming for, for church, we we're dreaming for education. And so we built the school. And maybe while, while I'm on here, I saw Cornelius. Cornelius, won't you quickly come here? This is Cornelius, he's our principal. Won't you just give him a hand as he comes? <laughs> he doesn't know, I would have called him up. You know, What's so awesome about Cornelius is that he is not just a principal, but he's a builder in his mind. And I don't mean physically building. I mean building children and building generations into your kids. And I thought this morning in this first, second service, I was thinking if he comes, I'll do it. Um, I want to say to the parents here, send your children to Christian private education. Are you there? Trust your children with, with Cornelius. I promise you, you will not make a mistake. Because we're not just changing children, we're discipling kids to become spirit-filled. And this nation, and the reason why I'm saying what I'm saying, this nation needs proper education. Come on, are you there? And without being, being bragging, well, I am gonna brag a bit. Cornelius got it right with his team that Empower Christian Academy that we're not just any school but we are properly registered Umulusi, ISASA Department of Education uh, ACSI Associate of Christian Fellowship um, and through also through online means through switch on which may, makes it possible that we can have grade 12s in the future that can graduate with a diploma that's higher than grade 12 of the national diploma or the national game. And so I just wanted to call him up here because it is, we sometimes, let me say it like this. And the reason why I'm sharing this just quickly because I want to show you something else. God gives partners in dreams. Are you there? We had the vision, but he's dreaming the dream. And together, we're changing children's lives. Come on, are you there? That's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to brag with you. Bless you. Come on, give him just some praise. He's, he's an awesome principal. I remember the day I was sitting there in the boardroom. I said, dear Jesus, please give me a faithful man. <laughs> faithful man in walks Cornelius. I cried. Really, I really cried. I said, thank you. This morning, I want to show you as part of what we are going to do as a church, our next step, if you can have the slide up for me. As I said, we have, we have often friends of destiny. And so this morning, I want to take you as a church further. And I want us to dream bigger. But dreaming for the church is wonderful. But now we need to dream even bigger. Because we can do more. And we can influence this community more. Come on, are you there? We can take more territory for Jesus. 
And so very simply, this morning, I want to launch Empower Village. I'm going to explain to you what it is in a few moments. So the first slide, you'll just see Empower Village. And what we want to start with, we want to start with phase one of our development. And our development, our first development will be for the children. I believe the children are the future, slide two. And, and these are just mocked up slides for us. Just to show you a draft, because my personality is one, I want to show you results quickly. Um, because we are not people that just speak stuff, we want to do things. So um, the, it is a, a kid zone that we want to create because in our whole area, there isn't a place where kids can come and safely play. And so we want to build an indoor facility where kids can come and they can, it's also going to be a place that we can of course use for our children's church. And it's also going to be a place where next slide have going to be having a restaurant because all of you eat. I know that by fact. Um, and then also it will be a place for the young adults where they can have roller skating or rollerblading or something to that, to that nature. But it will be a place across this field here by the mission zone where people can come and all of you can come and all of you can enjoy being family. And it's going to be a safe place like this church. It's safe. We want a zone, so we want to start at zone A. Uh, there's other phases. And next slide, please. And you know, there's just some mock-up pictures for you. Uh, it's not how it will look finally. It's, it's again just some drafts. And I just thought I'll bring it to you. I'm a visionary, so I'll bring things to you. Um, and I want you to see it. Then next slide. And then I, I can just say, God is definitely the God of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. Because the land, you will see there, the small EC is where we are currently seated at. And the big, the big yellow ground is also our ground. And it's amazing that when I went to the Lord, I said to the Lord, Lord, what is the future? The Lord said to me, it's in the ground. But I didn't purchase the ground. My dad purchased the ground. So he saw something before his time. And now we're living and we're walking in his time. And so the blue spot will just mark the next step for us. And, um, and there's just some mock-up pictures how we can, how, how it will look like plus minus. It's not wrong. I'm rolling with Jesus. Um, next one, please. Sunday. There we go. Um, the restaurant. And the point is, I want to show you these things this morning. I want to let you know two things. One, you're part of a growing church. And you are following a leader that I don't just have church in mind. I have schooling in mind. Just because we've gone to other people's hospitals don't, don't mean we can't build our own. Just because you go to a clinic doesn't mean we can own clinics. Do I have a witness? Anybody here that agrees with that? And you can say, why are you thinking like that? I serve a God that thinks like this. He's a kingdom man. He's a kingdom God. And so this morning, I want to ask you to partner with the vision. I want to ask you to become partakers of the vision because at the other side of this is people. And if your dream has got people in it, God will back it. It's true what I'm saying. And we want to go into this next step. Uh, even if the school, we are not done, we will take that because God definitely has a model with us and His model is a big model. So the model that we are here in Pretoria, we're going to move this model by the grace of God to Cape Town, by the grace of God to Durban. We want to continue the pattern. 
Are you there? I want to make it very clear. We are not building names. We are building legacy. I'll say it again. I'm not building my name. I'm building legacy. So that when I'm gone and I'm with the Lord, parting with my mom and my dad and all my friends, then the people must continue and still enjoy what we've done. That's legacy. Come on, are you there? And so I'm inviting you into legacy. Come and join us. Come and partner with me this morning and say we're going to do this together because this is your church. Okay, that was a good place to say amen. This is your church. Most likely the chair you're sitting on, you bought, I don't know, but it's your church. I'm teasing. And together we are family. Save me us. The us of earth can agree with the us in heaven and we can do anything. Come on, are you there? And so this morning, I want to encourage you as we're going to tithe and offer and we're going to give unto God that you give also into the future. And you know me, I'm not going to give you motivational speeches about why to give. I want you just to understand that you honor God with your giving. God is not a man that He can lie. And so what we present to God has to be honorable. Are you guys there? And as a church this morning, I want to ask you to please dream with me because we're dreaming big. We are thinking bigger. And of course, we understand that things will cost. But I've got faith in God that we can do this supernaturally. Because why will He give a dream if He can't support it? Come on, guys. And so this morning, I want you to dream with me. And as we dream that you can be a partaker. And of course, listen, let's just go one step further. And I'll leave it just there and then I'm going to pray for you. These things that we do, it will need people to work in them. That's called employment. We, co- we create value. By the way, you don't create jobs, you create value. Value creates jobs. Okay, that's for another Sunday. We want to change the community. And we're going to do it one project at a time. Are you there? I hope you're excited. Okay, then. <laughs> then tell your hands that you are excited and your face that you're excited. Okay? And let's partner with the Lord. Father, I want to thank you for an awesome church. I want to thank you for an awesome people. Lord, if I look at the people in this church this morning and the, these services, my heart is overflowing of joy because you're amazing. And Lord, I want to pray this morning as we now honor you of our tithes and our offerings, that we will do so with thankful hearts. That we become partakers of the supernatural. Lord, I want to provoke destiny again out of people this morning. I pray that as we now give to you, that we'll give into destiny in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.